Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. This is CME on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Mark Agronin. I'm here today with my colleague, Dr. Richard Isaacson. Dr. Isaacson, there's been a lot of talk about disease-modifying treatments for Alzheimer's disease, more specifically what we call immunotherapy. Can you tell us in general, what is immunotherapy? How did it start? Where are we going? And let's have a good discussion about what's going on now with these particular treatments. Sure. So immunotherapy targets specific pathologic proteins that build up in the brains of people with Alzheimer's. And the anti-amyloid antibodies have been developed over decades now, believe it or not, decades. There's a variety of them from solanuzumab to gantinurumab to aducanumab, tananumab, lecanumab. There's just been many, many. And basically these drugs are given usually through the IV and given over a long period of time and target amyloid and try to reduce amyloid build up in the brain. And then you can actually track amyloid and track cognitive function to try to understand whether these drugs may or may not be effective. Now, in terms of the history of these anti-amyloid drugs and immunotherapy in the past, decades ago, when people got the drugs, we actually didn't have a biomarker to test for amyloid. So people with a clinical diagnosis of Alzheimer's were getting these anti-amyloid drugs, and some people may have had an effect and other people didn't. But when we ended up looking at the data later, when the Alzheimer's biomarkers came to fruition, many of these people, you know, 20, 30, 40%, up to 40% in some studies of people didn't even have amyloid so that targeting the anti-amyloid drug really wasn't the right thing to be done in that patient. So basically where the field has gone is to do an assessment, do does the person truly have amyloid, and then we can deploy an immunotherapy either in monthly or bimonthly infusions or also sub-Q injections that were also studied but didn't come to fruition just yet. And then basically people can be followed through their cognitive function, their PET scans, and then, you know, once their amyloid is low or gone, and maybe then we would stop these drugs. And, you know, these are really important questions. So that's a general overview, but uh, really been quite a field and a lot of developments, including one that was FDA approved in the last year, and then two that have been submitted to the FDA. Sure. And now we're also been researching anti-tau immunotherapy as well. The question over time will be, do we do one or the other? Do we do both? And that's where research is heading. The controversy comes in is that we aren't seeing people, even when there's a significant reduction of amyloid, as an example, we're not seeing people getting better, but we are seeing in general, a slowing of the disease process. And so it really leads to this question of what's a meaningful outcome for this. And we're seeing with data that there's variability in terms of who's getting it, what is their genetic background, what dosing are getting. So for instance, with aducanumab, which garnered an FDA approval, we know that with especially certain individuals who are getting the higher dose, had a significant slowing in their disease course. And so the question is, how do we track that over time? When we roll these out in terms of actual market products, how does that play out? We need to educate people in terms of the role of these. So exciting developments. And Richard, where do you think we're heading with these treatments? Yeah, I think we're headed to kind of a new frontier where these drugs, you know, some people may think they're terrific and they're great. And other people will say, oh, they only slow decline by 27% over a period of time. That's not really worth it. Well, you know, I think patients and their physicians need to really have these honest discussions. And, you know, these drugs can be expensive. They're time consuming. They're all safety issues, which need to be kind of monitored. But, you know, I think whether one believes that X period of slowing of decline versus Y, I think there's going to be a lot of learning that needs to be done. I also think we're entering an area of personalized medicine where different people with different genes are going to have higher or lower likelihood of side effects. So I think personalized medicine and Alzheimer's is now arriving, and I'm excited for the years to come with these therapies. Sure, I agree with that. I guess one key takeaway that we tell individuals is that, especially if there's early symptoms of what may be Alzheimer's disease, to get a comprehensive diagnosis and then explore whether 
immunotherapy is an option either through a clinical trial or through an agent that's on the market. But if there is an opportunity, especially in an early stage, to slow this disease down, that can make all the difference over time. So this has been a brief but a great discussion. Unfortunately, time is up. To everyone, thank you for listening. You have been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is provided by Perva Education and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash Prova. Thank you for listening.